Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Is This a Thing? Uh, wet month. We're at the end of it. <sighs> Guys, we're about to dry off. Mm. Soon, but just for one more hour. Just humor me and uh, and stay moist. Wet month, wet July. It's been a real treat, guys. I wouldn't would never predicted, by the way, how appropriate uh, wet month would have been actually in our lives, by the way, because it is hot like nothing else I've ever felt outside right now. Holy the shit. The world is ending, apparently. Like, my God, I, I can't remember the last time it was this bad. I was dying, waiting for you to open the door for me outside, by the way. <laughs> and it wasn't you. It was your it was your brother that opened the door. I was very disappointed in you, Nico. Uh, apparently, um, yeah, the, the, the climate scientists were way off in their pro- projections, and <laughs> this is the week. I, hey, the, the polar ice caps could be melting uh, <laughs> right now. Yeah, <laughs> for all we know. Yeah, yeah. Get to Mount yeah, Everest quick. <laughs> was it implied that that was enough. Mount Everest, by the way? Yes. That, okay, that's what yeah. I thought. I think in the extended cut, they make it clear that it's Mount Everest. I didn't Everest. see the extended yeah, cut. Yeah, neither did I, but we'll okay. talk oh, about it. Oh, no, boys, you didn't watch the Ulysses cut. Oh, no. Cut. <laughs> boys, you didn't watch the... <laughs> I was hoping one of us did. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You did it? Listen, I paid YouTube to rent this movie, realized it wasn't the Ulysses cut, and ate the fucking bill that I paid. Wow, and dude. bought it again. You drove to Walmart, picked up the Blu-ray restoration, the 25th anniversary, 4K, whatever. The true version. I actually found it yet again on our favorite website, archive.org. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. One of the, the great. Ulysses cut. My streaming service of choice. Yeah. Archive.org. How long they was this cut? They only stream in 480p. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it is... <laughs> It is two hours and 57 minutes. <laughs> no. Yeah. So uh, the movie we're talking about this week is Waterworld, the wettest movie ever made. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> never that's been correct. a wetter movie than this. Um, uh, this uh, was a movie that was released in 1995 um, to much uh, fanfare and controversy and scandal. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think to much meh. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, maybe that's <laughs> the right way of putting it. Yeah. To much meh. Uh, it was a wet blanket, pun intended. It was referred to in the trades as uh, Kevin's Gate mm-hmm. in relation to uh, Heaven's Gate. Uh, it's all. It was also uh, called a fish tar in some reviews. <laughs> yep, I like that one. <laughs> uh, as a reference to uh, Elaine May's Ishtar. Ishtar. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Costner, big flop of 1995. <laughs> flop. <laughs> It was destined to be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, I I was looking at the box office returns, though. Um, It was the ninth highest grossing movie of 1995. It's another one of those entries that is, you know... I, I, well, I don't know what you you call it. like the myth surrounding this movie is a little greater than what actually happened to it because when you yes. look at those box office returns, yeah, it wasn't good, but it's nowhere near as bad as they make it out to be. Right. So it's like, oh, and I guess some people saw it. It wasn't like completely unknown and buried or anything like that. It would, it, you know. So Universal originally budgeted a hundred million. The, the budget was going to be $100 million, um, but because they shot it on open water and there was a lot of like delays, we'll get into the specifics in a minute, uh, it ended up <laughs> ballooning to $175 million, which at the time made it the most expensive movie ever made. Uh, 
it which, which I is have like to, isn't that a joke in today's numbers well it's also a joke to me back because if i had seen this movie that 175 million would have confused me a little bit i have certain thoughts on how they ended up using that money yeah tough to know exactly where the money went yeah um again there's a whole story we'll get to it in a second but uh Ended up grossing only $88 million domestic, 264 worldwide. Uh, so it didn't break even until it started airing on cable and through DVD and, and video sales. Um, Kevin Costner put up $22 million of his own money. So, yeah, I think when we call it a flop, um, we consider it a flop. Uh, here, okay, well, this is actually the story, right? The rap on this movie was already negative by the time it, it hit was, theaters. Yeah. So th- I, I think that's some that's sometimes what happens with some of these high profile vanity projects. And this is clearly a Kevin Costner vanity project and is, I think, thought of negatively because of his involvement in it. But judgment was sort of passed by the time it hit cinemas. And now we sort of think of it as a failure because the history was already written. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, yeah, like it made a, a decent amount of money and the reviews weren't so bad i mean no again it was called ishtar and kevin's gate before some critics even saw it so yeah um it it is important to put these things in context for sure i would say so yeah Yeah. i i yeah and talking about like our feelings on the movie because i hadn't i'd seen this movie like i I felt like i'd seen the movie before and when i rewatched it it turns out i kind of had it's another one of those that i'd seen wildly out of order though Mm. because it plays on cable so often sure um it was a big bravo movie i remember i don't know is that like still a channel is bravo still i don't know if bravo and amc played it a lot i'm very i'm sorry i've been silent here but i'm just like very confused by this whole concept that it was a flop because it didn't lose money right well Right, and it didn't make a lot of money, and it was right. very expensive. Yes, but I don't know, man. It didn't lose money. Like the, it's not a flop. A no, lot well, of movies lose money. And also, right? let me just put this out there. I'll I'll just front load my opinion. Not a bad movie. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's not that bad. It, well, okay, but yeah, I I had to put this in certain context for myself too. Again, it's. There's so much to do here, guys. There's so many different is, angles you yeah, can approach but, this. But it comes down. It comes, <laughs> We're gonna be really all over the place. I, I apologize for that right now. But. But, but but a lot of like my opinion, both on the box office returns and my feelings on the film in general, come down to like the narrative that was set up beforehand. Like you said, Nick, right. it's not the narrative is that it it should have been Star Wars and it just wasn't. It was kind of a mild hit and success in heavy quotes from a box office perspective you look at it and you're like oh that's not that bad so you're kind of muted on on that side of the the the, the equation and, and in terms of what you actually think of the movie as an experience yeah it's like i mean a lot of my problems sort of like you know rest with kevin costner himself but the movie's <laughs> decent enough i guess swashbuckling thing i didn't hate it yeah, I think critics kind of wanted it to be bad. It's not that bad. I think maybe not, that's what it is. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. the mid '90s. It is the height of tabloid culture. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Kevin Costner is a major, major movie star. He has never been hotter than this moment. I mean, he's five years removed from winning fucking Best Picture and Best Director at the Oscars, and has been given a blank check to make whatever he wants. Um, and I like. 
I, I think like critics and the press had their claws out for this movie. Mm. And I, I think they saw it clearly and, and they were right in, in, in this respect as a Mad Max ripoff, a, a poorly made or at least a lesser version of Mad Max on the open sea yes. with a movie star who at the time was going through a very public divorce and was in a really, uh, I think, uh, fragile state when he was filming it. A lot of stories leaked in the press. It was fodder for tabloids um and uh yeah i think they sort of cast judgment on it before they were given a chance to see it and i think if the movie comes out without that context even if the movie comes out five years earlier than this and it's the exact same movie with the exact same behind the scenes stories um i i i'm not sure it's thought of as negatively and i don't think it's seen as sort of like this instructive lesson of how not to make a hollywood blockbuster um, it, it's not perfect, certainly, and there's a lot of things that I'm sure Costner himself would have changed. Um, he likes the movie, though. He's gone on record, many, especially now, saying like, you know, it's kind of fairly robust little movie. I'm actually okay with it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, it's just kind of weird. The the movies that 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 get the bad reputation and the ones that sort of skate by. It's just, it's weird. Well, no, that's the thing. A lot of my, my feelings on it are, are confusion because I just don't think the myth is earned here. Mm. That's that's what I, I'm coming at it with. It's just like, really, guys? Like, it's fine. It's not great. It, but like, I don't know. You could do so much. With the way you're describing it, it should have been so much worse than it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it, it's fine, guys. Like like, like you said, the my issues are outside of the film itself. I yeah, think. well... <laughs> Yeah, mostly, mostly. I, I, right. I thought, yeah, Kevin Costner's, you know, he's not, he's not the greatest, of course. We, you and I don't love the guy. Um, uh, I don't know. I've it's, grown to love the guy. It, it, what, because of draft day? <laughs> <laughs> no, not because of draft okay. day. Okay, <laughs> okay. No, I've grown to sort of um, appreciate him as a relic of a, of an era that I that I have a lot of admiration for, which I do too. I do. Um, I don't hate him, but it's yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, he made a he made a lot of flops like this in, in the nineties. I mean, uh, we, we should do the Postman at some point. Oh yeah, I'd love to do the Postman. <laughs> uh, Didn't he direct that one? He did. Okay. That was the last movie that he directed. He yeah. made three movies. I mean, again, his his debut won Best Picture. Yeah, um, and then only made two movies after that. Um, so that just gives you an idea of how bad the Postman was. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I I think. He he definitely loves cinema in the traditional sense of the word. Like yes. he is a movie star, loves whether that. you like him or not, and he likes the fact that he's a movie star. Uh, it's I was watching last year the uh, the MLB does the the Field of Dreams game now. Oh yeah, uh, you know essentially they they built a uh, a major league field right next to the Field of Dreams uh, in is it Iowa. Yeah. Iowa's where that movie takes place. Oh. Yeah, and so uh, last year they started the tradition with the Yankees and the the White Sox, and uh, they played a game in the Field of Dreams, and they had you know the cornfield in out in the outfield, like <laughs> you hit a home run into the corn. Um, mm-hmm. And Costner came out, and the Yankees sort of walked out behind him, <laughs> like they were you know the the dead baseball players in the Field of Dreams walking out of the cornfield. And Costner does this whole monologue about how great baseball is, and he's like, "Is this heaven?" And I'm watching that and like, fucking hell, man, he got me. This motherfucker got me. And I felt the same way. I felt the same way watching that Oscars. Uh, what, did he pre- what did he present? Best director at the Oscars this year? Oh, and it was yeah. after the Will Smith thing. And I'm watching it and he's just rambling on and on and on about like cinema and going up the streets. And I forget what movie he saw when he was like 10. 
And I'm like, dude, this guy just loves movies. And <laughs> yeah, it's a little corny and, uh, you know, a little self-indulgent, but like at least it's earnest and at least it's sincere. And I, I think that's what I've grown to appreciate more and more out of Costner is that his movies always have a sincerity to them. Um, and uh, his baseball movies in particular, I think I've grown to appreciate a lot more. That's true. Um, that's true. You do love he is, by the way, I do. apparently directing another movie. Oh, is that right? right Interesting. Now. Okay. Uh, it is a. It is called Horizon, and it is a western chronicling a multifaceted fifteen-year span of pre and post Civil War expansion and settlement of the American West. It sounds <laughs> sounds about horrible. Right. Sounds <laughs> about right. Fucking boring. <laughs> it sounds like a four-hour. <laughs> Absolutely. Snap. I'll see it, but it sounds like. An extraordinarily boring film. Dude, if uh, Costner just drops a four-hour movie in theaters next oh year, like, God. I am first in line, though. You gotta be honest. It's still in pre-production, so we'll see what happens. Okay. No, it's like, yeah, it's uh, kind of damning with faint praise, um, because the bar is so low, but... <laughs> I am nostalgic for for the Costner era, you know. Yeah, in a way, I I, I love I, I still love the Untouchables, and I actually like him in the Untouchables a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, it's I I don't know how great he is as an action star, but um, yeah, I I yeah, I'm kind of at this this point where it's like you could do worse with Waterworld. I keep saying that, but it's true. It's, yeah, I I do kind of feel bad now because the the thing that Costner does well. Which is just sort of a steady hand at the center of your all-American tale. Yeah, that's true. Is is now being used for like sixty episodes of Yellowstone on the Paramount Plus network. <laughs> it was it was for a time being used for a uh, uh, Superman, which was interesting, right? Which I don't know how that works. And it's but... like that. It, it, it's just so sad that that particular superpower it, it now only works. As like the dad in a three hundred million dollar superhero movie, or in a mini series for fucking Peacock, you know, yeah. and like that—that's sort of what I find kind of depressing about it all is that that's the only avenue we have now to celebrate Costner, and I—I I really like this guy belongs <laughs> in movies, but but movies kind of have have passed him by. The industry's kind of passed him by in that way. You miss your movie stars. I do. I miss really? my fucking movie stars, we, man. We don't have many anymore. We don't. <laughs> we and really... Costner's undeniably like, you know, he's Clint Eastwood. He's Jack Nicholson. He's, you know, there's not many of those guys left. Unfortunately. Oh, no. I don't totally understand what you mean by movie stars. Like, what, how do we not have movie stars? Well... We identify them by which ones have Marvel movies. Like that's a problem. <laughs> we have famous people. Like <laughs> yeah, that would say yeah. We don't. We, What's I don't the know. difference though? Elaborate on it. Like I want to hear your. your well, what do you think? Oh, you well, there is definitely an inherent difference between the Chris Pratts of the world and the the Kevin. Costner's I was thinking of, of Chris Pratt as an example of somebody not to mention as well. But it's <laughs> but it's true though. Like he's someone that I think a lot of people would point to nowadays as a movie star, but no one really cares that he's a but movie he sucks. star. So like that's, that's what like, I'm that's what I'm saying. <laughs> How about like the good ones? Like let's not well, start with ahead, the lowest. Some. Let's not start with the lowest go common ahead. denominator. Name a here. couple. I'm I'm all ears, Nick. What do we got? Chalamet. I mean, do we not have good actors today? Is that what you're saying? We don't have good no, actors. No, I didn't say we have good no, actors. I say we don't have that. good movie stars. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean? Well, I think uh, uh, Chalamet is a really good actor. Yes. I don't really think of him as a movie star. You know, That's um, The Rock. <laughs> 
is a movie a, star. Is a movie star, but he's not really a good actor. And I, I would say most most people kind of look down upon him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, Kevin Hart's a movie star, bro. And like, fuck yeah, but that see, shit. but this is what right. <laughs> fuck that shit. I mean, this is what I mean. I mean, I guess like Kevin Hart is is in the lineage of like Eddie Murphy. Oh God! I mean, if you want to say that, <laughs> like, like I'm just like trying, like in terms of the career trajectory and like, I, I guess if you look at the legacy of movie stars though and what they were versus where they are now, it's just kind of sad. Yeah, me. I think is, I it, is it that our movie stars don't actually care about movies? Maybe, <laughs> except for Nicolas Cage and Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, but see, Nicolas Cage is definitely not a movie star. Tom Cruise is. Tom Cruise might be our last movie star. Like Tom Cruise might be the last guy. That's still making $300 million movies now. And, and yeah, you could put him in the center of your rom-com. You can put him in the center of your drama, of your comedies. Like, so but, you're saying just versatile, they can put him anywhere. Yeah, I think so. I think in most cases, not all, there is this sort of traditional masculinity to movie stars. And I think that's probably withered away. Not even necessarily masculinity. I mean, the, fe- how about femininity too? as well? What about, yeah. what about the Brad Pitts though? Like that's Yeah, Brad Pitt definitely a movie star. He's yeah. one of them. Clooney yeah. definitely a movie star. Yeah. Um, Less so though. That Clooney nowadays. Yeah, but but the, but yeah. these guys are in their 50s now. That's what I am. You know what I mean? Like they're approaching 60. It's like that's what I mean. They're still around, I guess technically, yeah. but We've had a so, I mean, la- we may just decade. not realize who our movie stars are though cuz they're not 50 yet. No, Sometimes think, it's but, not obvious right away. I think all those like Leonardo DiCaprio always had that quality. Mm-hmm. Always. He's a, yeah. he's a bit of an outlier though cuz he became very famous very young. Who yeah. would you point to, Nick? I don't know. I'm saying maybe we just don't realize it yet. I don't know. Maybe I don't think we're there. ever going to wake up <laughs> one day sure. and be like, yeah, Chris Pine it was the fucking that's, Clark Gable of his generation. Yeah, like, I don't think problem. that's going to happen. It's like, the la- <laughs> well, the last 10 years were so ruled by a certain type of movie that they we kind of have this gray area of what a movie star is. It's the types of movies, too. Is yeah. You sell movies based on IP. You don't sell exactly. it based on the personality. So, yeah, like de- in t- definitely. In 2010, it, or not 2000, but the 2000s in general, it might have been a little easier to identify who a movie star was, I guess. Maybe Christian Bale. I, I, Christian Bale more of like a Brando method actor, though. De Niro, Pacino. Brando, you kinda. don't think Brando's a movie star? Or was? I certainly think uh, was. Uh, do I think Brando's a movie star? Oh, come uh, on. Uh, yeah. I Well, sure. <laughs> By virtue of the fact that he made like a lot of great movies and was the star of a lot of great movies, but like also one of the most iconic actors ever, I guess. Actor and movie star, though, I kind of think of as two different things, oh, and, I see. And, and they can overlap. Like the skill set can overlap, but I think most actors fall into one of those two camps. Like you're either doing like methody Brando Olivier stuff, or you're doing a more traditional Cary Grant Humphrey Bogart. Like, you know, I, I'm a handsome, traditional leading man that can carry the movie on pure charisma alone. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that that's sort of what I think we're missing. Right. Yeah. Uh, people to love, like genuinely love. Yeah, I yeah. think. Well, sure. There's not a lot of uh, sort of complicated character stuff going on. There's not a lot of like moral ambiguity. Mm. Um, I put it this way. I don't consider Pacino a movie star. You know, he wasn't his time. I was a star of movies, but I guess that's not really. Maybe there's another I, word that I'm looking yeah, for here. I'm, I'm not sure. There, I, I think they're 
they can be one and the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they can overlap for sure. There are, I mean, Leo overlaps. Yeah, there are more yeah. disposable movie stars, which I think is what we're stuck with now. Very, very, yeah, very disposable movie stars. And there's a time where we had real movie stars that people loved and were excited about and were producing interesting work. And that's right. just not the case anymore. Right. With the, with the exception of a few, I yeah, I mean, the sound that sounds very hyperbolic, which it kind of is, but I don't know. No, it's not to say that there aren't great act. There are plenty of great actors now. Yes. It's just how they're being used. Yes. Um, I guess Ryan Gosling, you can say, is a movie star at a time. Not not so maybe not so much anymore though. Um, yeah. you know, uh, Margot Robbie's definitely a movie star. Yes, that's a great example. You know, yeah. I mean, but that's like a. She makes movies that I think are more sort of with with modern sensibilities, and I think that are more uh, is feminist the right word? I guess it. it she's not in the fifties. She would be playing a Hitchcock lady. You yes, know? she'd be playing a sort of a, a damsel in distress Hitchcock girl, this sort of intoxicating beauty, mm-hmm. and it, this she's now sort of uh, reformed that for a, a, the modern age. But what about I like think a still Jennifer is traditionally. Lawrence? Not really, no. I don't think so. I don't think of her that way. Who? Jennifer Lawrence. No, I don't. No, I don't think of her that way. She's kind of... Jennifer Lawrence, though, like, she's kind of gone, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, she has this very manic energy to her, too. Yeah. uh, That I I think, like... I think, like, a movie star has to sort of be, like, a calming presence. Like, they have to sort of be, like... I mean, like Tom Hanks, right? Like, you can just build the foundation of the movie on them. Yeah. Maybe that's what we're looking for, right? Like it's a movie star is someone that you can build the movie out of them, I mean, as opposed I kinda, to them sort of being a. Branch. I just don't think that's how they really make movies anymore. I don't feel well, like they. That's, yeah. Well, that's maybe the problem. Take exactly. the actor and then kind of build a movie around them. But I, <laughs> right. but I kind of feel that way about Chalamet. He's getting. He's not quite there just because he's so new to the. Yeah, movie. He needs. He really needs chest hair. In that, he needs yeah, he, chest I was hair. Gonna, the, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree, Nick. But like, he is one he's of those a child. Pre- yeah, he's one of those actors, though, if I see him in a movie, I'm instantly excited and comforted, and the movie's a little bit better because he's there. Yeah. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know, who's in a, Ana de Armas is kind of another example. She, not quite yeah. there yet, but she's getting there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. Um, you know, the, the problem is, though, that it's, for the most part, Ryan Reynolds and The Rock <laughs> and, the- and Kevin Hart and Gal Gadot, and I, I think, like... Simply uninteresting people, yes, <laughs> attractive but uninteresting people that we put at the centers of these movies, and like they, 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 they just have no charisma. They just no. don't have it. No. They just don't have it. I mean, that that's really what we're looking for, right? What when you say <laughs> you either have it start, or you don't, you either got it or you don't, right? <laughs> and I guess like, but you think Kevin Costner had it? Yeah, I think he does. I think he has that thing. If he's used properly. Yeah, I think he has that thing where it's like, this is an interesting guy. This is a guy that I am compelled by. I don't know exactly why. And it's it's not like he's really acting his balls off. And that's the thing. I don't think he's a great actor no entire, definitely not. But, but there is some, yeah, one, one of the things i will say is that when it comes to his physical performance it, that does shine through there is something that just watching him work on his boat and move around in his boat in yeah. water world that is like oh i kind of i buy this i, I mean was I'm clint interested. eastwood a great actor is he a great actor sometimes but not i don't know rarely yeah, <laughs> yeah rarely, rarely do you go like wow that fucking that's Sidney Potier right there I'm watching. Like, very rarely are you compelled by his acting, but you're always compelled by him just staring off into the desert. Maybe that's all it is, though. You know, it, yes, that's, that's, that's all it is. Yeah, when it comes to, to acting, I mean, just physically. For it's your cinema, ability to stare into the desert. 
There, there's well, there's something cinematic about that guy. Yes, just, just the way he performs, the way he stands there, the way he looks at you. That is captivating. Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily need to deliver these lines like he's fucking Daniel Day Lewis, right? <laughs> but it can still be just as compelling, right? Yeah. And now, uh, yeah, I mean, we just don't. I mean, like I don't know. People, a lot of people saw Top Gun this week, uh, this this past month. Like, I think people are still hungry for it, but for some reason, studios are. Yeah are running from that model like I, I i don't know is it strategic is it incidental why is it that studios feel the need to neuter their stars so much i think that it's uh i would i would hazard to guess it's a control thing yeah, yeah. control yeah. their product mm-hmm. from beginning to end without influence from outside influence in general right like we were talking about how um they hire directors like trevorrow because studio can control that kind of director i think it's probably similar with the actors they just want faces they don't want opinions (laughs) Mm, (laughs) or you know what i mean and costner obviously had a lot of opinions on how his movie should be made oh that's true too yeah certainly (laughs) (laughs) maybe we need more actors like that i don't know i think we do i mean you see leo's like that yeah yeah leo's like that so yeah, but Leo also works with good directors, though, too. Like, he yes. does allow himself to be a tool in Scorsese's toolbox. Yeah, him, um, him and Brad Pitt have similar relationships towards their directors, where it's like, mm-hmm. no, this is what we're going to do, guys. Yeah, Cause no, Because I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, Quentin is the quarterback here. Uh, I'm just yeah. I'm just running the playbook, you know? There, There's a great story where... Uh, uh, th- this is how awesome Brad Pitt is, by the way, when he was coming up in, in 1995 and Seven's getting made, and they couldn't hire Kevin Spacey to be in the movie because David, David Fisher's just like, you know, Brad, they're really running me up the block for trying to get Kevin Spacey. I don't know what's going on. And Brad was just like, fuck that. And he gets on the phone with the producer, and he's just like, guys, we're getting Spacey, right? And then they called up David Fincher's like, yeah, we're getting Kevin Spacey. It's going to be okay. We're going to get Kevin and spacey because brad says we should yeah right <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> that kind of star power <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah uh yeah i think when costner was doing his best work uh you know he was letting oliver stone call the plays you know like yeah he, i i think like yeah movie stars often need to be paired with the right director i mean hitchcock worked with all the best uh movie stars and like you know, Cary Grant was doing his best work with Hitchcock. Uh, um, even Jimmy Stewart was doing his best work with Hitchcock. Um, so I guess, like, yeah, being a movie star doesn't mean a lack of artistry. Like, that's not what I mean at all. Like, it, like it still involves making good movies and doing good work. I, I just think, yeah, now actors are seen as more disposable. They're mm-hmm. more anonymous. Uh, they are in service of the spectacle. They're in service of the scope. They're in service of the intellectual property and protecting the brand. Well, that's the thing. There's too many products. So it's very yeah. easy. Yeah, that's maybe what it is. But it's very easy to just slot Ryan Reynolds into any one of your franchises. Yeah. You know, it's just it's too fucking easy. You just put him in there and like he'll give you the standard Ryan Reynolds thing and that'll be good enough to convey your two jokes to one serious line ratio that you want to continue through <laughs> yep. all of red notice or whatever. I, I can't imagine Kevin Costner in the MCU. Uh, I genuinely can't. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be there any day. I mean, he's already I'm in sure the DCU. Will. I was going to say he was in the DCU. Yeah. It just seems so out of place to me. I don't know. Unless he's playing a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> we got this cowboy role. Sign me up. <laughs> or he's a mutant from Waterworld. Swimming <laughs> He's around prizes from or whatever. Waterworld. <laughs> I don't know. That would be funny. Oh boy. 
I finally found someone like me, and it's Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I want. <laughs> I wanted to mention, by the way, I feel like we did a lot of like, f- like fishmen on on this uh, on this uh, this month of, of wet. I don't think we did enough fishmen. Not enough fishmen. No, no. But it feels like every movie had a fishman in some form or another. Thomas Jane is very fishmanny. Um, of course, the surfers kind of kind of related to the fish. Um, and then uh, creature from the black lagoon. Come on, fishman, it's fishman, right there. And pretty stunning that Kevin Costner is actually a fish man in this I movie. Know. Pretty stunning. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's a fish man guy. We did another fish man. I love it. <laughs> Gilman! <laughs> this take I do want to say, man. by the way, this week that we're talking about this and arguably, I don't know, within like a day or two of this episode coming out, will actually be the 27-year anniversary of this film coming out. Is like, that right? It came out in uh, July 28th, 95. So wow. this week. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, a lot of stuff to unpack here. So There's let's try lot. to let's try to now. Maybe we just did a half hour on Costner. So yeah, let's okay, move now, on to no the more Costner. Movie. Well, we still have to talk about the whole controversies around this movie, which we I get guess, to, like, I suppose. But let's. Uh, okay, so I watched the three-hour version. All right, let's Ulysses talk about the, right. It's called the Ulysses cut. cut. Right. So uh, this movie um, was directed by uh, a man named Kevin Reynolds. Kevin Reynolds uh, did three other movies with Kevin Costner, two with him as an actor, one with him as a, a producing partner. Um, the the most uh, famous one of those collaborations is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves in uh-huh. 1991. Uh, now, you would think, oh, this, this guy has a working relationship with Costner. I'm sure Costner just vouched for him to the studio and was like, hey, bring this guy Kevin Reynolds in. We're we're good pals. Uh, Not the case. (laughs) The two of them fought like cats and dogs on the set of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And uh, it, it turned out that one of the producers at Universal had to convince the two of them to work together again because they had such creative differences. So they were already coming to blows before getting on set for the movie. Uh things did not get better. In fact, they got much worse. Kevin Reynolds <laughs> ends up quitting the project before production is done. Whoa. Costner has to take over as director and has to oversee the entire editing process. So the two hour and 10 minute version that you'll find on your on demand services or streaming services or whatever, or maybe on DVD, it represents Kevin Costner's vision for what Waterworld should be. Okay. Only a little over two hours, not super long. Then a version airs on ABC a few years later. ABC broadcasts as one of their movies of the week, a three-hour cut, which is Kevin Reynolds' initial vision for what he thought Waterworld should be. It kind of expands upon who the smokers are, what their sort of religious beliefs are, what their motivation is. It gives you a little more context about the world. In that three-hour version, well, Nick will explain all that, I guess, but in the three-hour version, they make it clear that Mount Everest is the the destination in the third act of the movie. Uh, But because it aired on ABC, they had to censor some of the swear words and they had to remove some of the violence. So you get a a four-by-three broadcast version of, of Kevin Reynolds' Waterworld. Some fans online end up cutting the two versions together, so the original HD version of the theatrical cut with the extra scenes on cable. This became known as the Ulysses cut. And until recently, I think it was 2019, when the DVD uh, re-release of the movie came out, uh, 
that was the only version of the Ulysses cut. The version that you watch, Nick, I imagine, is properly formatted with no uh, censoring. Um, but that's that's what uh, we now know as uh, the three-hour cut of Waterworld. Okay. Yeah. How was about, it? I, I really, genuinely, I, I liked it. All right. No, that's cool. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't love it. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but it was, I mean, you know me. I, I can't sit through more than a 90-minute movie. <laughs> I did not mind the length. Wow. Wow. I'm shocked you liked it that much. Okay. Interesting. I actually really like the world they built. A lot of water Uh, in it. Not much building going on. Just basically water. I I like the world building. I really like Kevin Costner's character here uh, being a horrible, shitty person. Mm -hmm. Like, that. the fact that the movie had the balls to do that. The fact that Kevin Costner had the balls to direct himself being the worst person imaginable. Yep. Throwing a little girl into the water. <laughs> Smacking women multiple times. Just throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah. Just pushes, smacks, right. throws. Right. Yes. Nico's favorite kind of character. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh... And let's be let's be clear. This is a uh, award winning film. It won the Czech Lion Award for best cinema attendance. The Czech, <laughs> the Czech Lion film for I just attendance. came across that. Just what the hell? <laughs> Oscar nominated film. Yeah, best sound editing. Wow, okay, that's fine. Right? Oscar nomination. Not production design. No. What? Uh, yeah, I guess it could have got a production design. I guess. Yeah, but it didn't. I will say this. I was because I, 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 I part of what I wanted to talk about. Um, Adam and I only watched the two hour versions. And one of my big problems with the movie was the, how oblique the world is. It's just the ice caps melted water world. Right. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, Why did they let's melt? Also, let's, let's also talk about how much water. Yeah. <laughs> was added, right? Because we are led to believe that the only place where you can possibly find land is Mount Everest. Yep. Correct. That yep. is a lot of fucking water. A lot of water. Yeah. Wet ass movie, man. Uh hold on a second. How Wouldn't it still high be cold is Mount Everest, right? Over at Everest though? The elevation is so high. Right. It would still be pretty cold, right? And in fact you are surrounded by uh water and that uh, theoretically would make it colder, right? Yeah. Unless the, the is it implied that the the earth just was you know, because of the melting of the ice caps, they just everything got warmer? Oh, I guess it's just really hot all the time. I but they, but the ice caps just melt inexplicably. Well, I I did kind of find it striking how little uh, like social commentary there was. Like I I found it like I expected like sort of heavy-handed allegory about you know climate change and environmentalism, and there was none of that there. It was off putting like, in like a the, way. <laughs> the concept of the movie itself was kind of like an environmental movie, but sure. yeah, what we got was yeah, as you said, like the ice caps just sort of melt. And yeah, I, I've <laughs> Nico, Nico has complained a lot about like like world building in movies and even the opening narration uh, uh, to an extent, uh, but like 
This is like the other end of the spectrum right, right, right. where it's like like you can find a middle ground like Dread or for me Dune. Yeah. But like I was like, Jesus no, Christ. Dune is like fucking reading the encyclopedia. No, it three is not. Times. That's what that's like. The <laughs> no, intro of that movie. No, the oh, Lord of the Rings is kind of like that. Yeah, uh, not Dune. So, br- no, Dune. I hate that shit, dude. No, I hate no, it Dune, so much. No, but this is the thing. Dune does it very, very well because you have like a character setting the stage and just telling her story and it's like moody. Just a hundred words I've but never it's heard not, before. Though. It's, it's clear. I gotta get a thesaurus out. Nico, it's very easy to okay, understand. It's like, happening. no, that's why, but that's why I really. Yeah, what's to, hard to understand about the Kwisatz Haderach? But they don't <laughs> say that in the opening, though. That's what I'm saying. I it's, fucking hate that shit, dude. I just hate it so much. You, you're allergic. Just show me the story. They Stop do. Reading. That's no, what I'm saying, don't, though. They show they you the don't. They, they want play, me to read a book. For no, the first that's 20 minutes. that's what I'm talking about. They show Goodness you an gracious. They play it, a scene for you. That's dude, really, I hate. They barely do. Yes, dude. they do. No, they, they barely do. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Oh, shit, you're dude. being just so, jump in. I'll figure it out as we go along. Oh, well, you're guys, being so biased. No, they like, actually do it very arguing, well. Though, I do want to. While you guys were arguing. I no, but- uh, I did look up something really quick, right? So they say that like if the sea levels rose by twenty feet, right, that mm. would be disastrous for the planet. Mm. Yeah, twenty feet would like entire cities would be underwater. Okay, all right. Doesn't seem very uh, high. Twenty feet. Mount Everest is twenty nine thousand feet <laughs> above sea level. So yeah. we're led to believe that it is so bad that the sea has risen probably 28,000 feet. Could the polar ice caps even come remotely close to that? That's what <laughs> There's I mean. enough water that on the quick. planet. No, definitely not. No, because you got every time it ex- every every foot that the water rises, that's more surface area that you need water to fill to rise another foot. Right. right. No, the, right. Si- the science is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> For sure. I agree. <laughs> No, but I'll tell you what I do prefer. I prefer just universal opening title card. We zoom in on the universal planet to find Waterworld and like the guy that does the inner world voice. You prefer that? I do. Oh, we're in a world with lots of water. It's, it's called Waterworld. Okay, I get it. It is so dumb. Of course it is. It is so bad. It is boring. It is not compelling. It's just there. Yeah, it's, but it's done with immediately. It's just it's, So is Dune. Waterworld. So is Dune. So is Dread. The title tells you all you need to know. <laughs> That's fine. You want Okay, you want Nothing's me to... free in Waterworld. Oh god. <laughs> but but, but <laughs> I don't know what I prefer. I genuinely don't. No, but this is what I'm saying. This is the other end of that spectrum where it's like, God, at least try. At least give me something to frame it. It's just... But they do as the movie goes. Oh, I see. <laughs> Not very well, by the way, but that, that was well, the other Well, the issue. Ulysses cut. I'm sure I don't know you, what you watched, but... But, but... Okay, but this was the other thing. It's like, I, I was so desperate for just a little more context, for a little more backstory. that I Because the thing about this movie, too, is that the world set up in the Kevin Costner cut is genuinely uninteresting and boring I thought it is quite literally just a world that is built on water and yeah yeah that's it it's just kind of like it's just bare and, and lonely and I just didn't get much out of it aside from the action um and even I don't know that like was- what is different about the setting really from the setting of the planet dune though like it is just like an empty wasteland essentially well, you have more there. Or the I would setting Mad Max, I suppose. You got worms, dude. Yeah, but yeah, well, you have worms. You have more factions. There are more planets. There are more people. I don't know. You have Iraqine. <laughs> you have space, for God's sakes. <laughs> I don't know. How about Mad Max, though? Mad Max does the same thing, though. It's similarly. just a desert, and there's two factions, 
and yeah. one of them wants to kill people. Yeah. Let's talk I about don't Mad see Mad how Mags. that's much but, different, but, really. No, but this, but okay, but the intentionality behind Mad Bags is a little bit different, though. Sure, uh, no, 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 I'm just talking about the setting, though. Purely, like I, I don't I, know if I, I disagree, or I don't know if I agree that the setting is like a problem here. You can do more in a in a desert canyony wasteland than you can do a flat water surface. It's just not compelling to me all that. They much. go underwater. So what? They do a lot underwater. It's great. It's, yeah, they they get in the hot air balloon, Adam. They fly. They get to dry land by the end. And it, it, none of it is is engaging to me. <laughs> it's just kind of boring to look at. I but 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 to talk about the 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 look of the movie and the setting though, I was gonna say, um, it sucks because I think the production of the movie is actually pretty good for what it is. It's just a I think shame. It's awesome. But it's entirely uninspired, right? That was the, the 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 shocking thing about it. It's just how you you have a, a water world, and the best you can do is Mad Max. I was like, really? What I found shocking in my research for this movie is how honest the screenwriters were about like just saying it was Mad Max. Yeah, we're just doing Mad Max in the water. Like yeah. literally, the 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 writer of this movie, uh, whose name I don't have here, but I will get it in a second. Um, it came up with this idea in 1996. Uh, and it ended up having like 30 different rewrites over the years oh, yeah. and eventually lands on Costner's desk. Um, but it was supposed to be like a low budget uh, Roger Corman movie. Roger Corman was going to produce it and they were going to make it for like a relatively uh, little amount of money. Uh, but he ended up uh, meeting with uh, one of uh, Roger Corman's producers, um, this screenwriter. And he was just like, uh, yeah, uh, if you can write me a fucking Mad Max ripoff, you can direct it. Just uh, just make me a Mad Max. Peter Radar is the name of the guy. Uh, so Peter Radar is like, okay, I'll fucking write a Mad Max ripoff, but it'll be on the sea. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. They, and, and then when, um, you know, subsequent rewrites uh, were written for the movie, um, in particular, a, a draft by a, a guy named David Tool, Tuhi? Tui. Tui. Toey. I think it's Toey. He, he made the Riddick movies. Yeah, he was like, I uh, I actually wrote The Fugitive, I think. Did he? Was a screenwriter on The Fugitive. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, I, I looked at uh, The Road Warrior for in for inspiration here. <laughs> like, I just did The Road Warrior. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's very much in debt to Mad to Max. Mad. And it, it feels that way, not just in the production design, but also the vibe of the movie, how the camera moves. Made me wish that George Miller made it, to be honest in with you. In a way. Like, I, I can only imagine what George Miller's version of this movie would be. Yes. It uh, the, been. The, the bottom line for me watching this is just, like, I see so much potential. I don't see it, like, totally happening well, on the screen. <laughs> necessarily but there's just so much potential that i i'm really actually kind of intrigued by this setting in this world i don't know like but the, again though the difference between this and mad max is that like it it like a, a flat water world is visually very repetitive it's not very cinematic to me whereas like you can move around in a mad max world i agree with that that's the thing it's not like they're it, they, it, they do it's a, they it's do a kind desert. of i think try to fix that a little bit though i mean they do have some obviously raised cities and they have the hot air but like it's like it's clear that they they knew that yes yeah right and it's clear that they tried to solve that problem they go underwater they even have the fucking jet skis go under and pop up like torpedoes yeah like they do these cool stunts yeah um and they have pretty good camera work to like kind of move you around well i don't during the action scenes i just don't think that the action is very good 
it's 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 yeah it's kind of fine it's not it's nothing remarkable i I, to go back to what i i I know it sounds like i'm being very negative towards the film but i don't even hate it all that much i think the production's fine um yeah i'm just i just was never particularly invested in anything that was going on i suppose it's just kind of because there is a big chunk of the movie where the action's not happening and it's just it's just them out on a boat trying to talk about their differences, I guess. And I just was not in it because I'm going to be honest. The action sequences were my favorite parts of the movie, despite the fact that they're nothing like remarkable. But it was just better than floating on a boat in a in a in a in just blue all around you, and nothing else. I, I don't know. Hmm. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I I liked I like you said though, Nick. I liked the jet skis jumping. I liked the boat that was you know hodgepodge together with random guns that somehow worked. I liked the the look of Dennis Hopper on that on that <laughs> t- pontoon boat thing. Is that, that was, the first time Dennis Hopper's name has been said in this podcast? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Dennis How are we forty five minutes in? De- Dennis Hopper plays the villain in the movie. This is oh, going to be God. a three hour show, isn't it? <laughs> It's going to be longer than the movie itself. Jesus Christ. Hopper, dude. He's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. He's doing what Hopper does. He's having, yeah, that's true. He's having fun. Can I give you some names of people that turned down the role? Yes. <laughs> Please. James Kahn. <laughs> okay. The late James Kahn. Yeah. Gary Oldman. All right. He was offered this and the Scarlet Letter at the same time he flipped a coin. Really? He took the Scarlet Letter. Flip the coin. Gene Hackman. <sighs> eh. Come on. Well, he, but he's, he, he, he does Unforgiven and uh, The Quick and the Dead. This is the same character. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. No, come on. Yeah. Snooze. What? No. Snooze. Snooze. Could you not see Gene Hackman play Buffalo Bill like fucking <laughs> or Little Bill fucking 20 times? Again? No. <laughs> no, Nico. He did it twice. He did Quick and the Dead and Unforgiven. <laughs> yeah, stop. Stop no, it. Get stop it. Ten times more. No. Stop it right now. Let's see it in the ocean, on in space. Let's see it in the sky. Yeah, let's see it everywhere. In the old west, in the future, in the past. No. Stop it, Gene Ackman. In Washington, D.C., show it wherever you want it. Oh, my God. Milk Gene Hackman. <laughs> These I'm not sure are actually true, but it was on IMDb, so it must be true. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Hmm. He's got fish in the title. <laughs> it's right so there in the name. There we go. It's right there in his name. <laughs> and then uh, Gary Busey. Oh, no. <laughs> he showed up the set with the surfboard and they were like, that, Gary. That can't be real. <laughs> this is not Big Thursday, Gary. This is not. <laughs> oh, man. This is not the Big Wednesday sequel you've been promised for 20 years. That's funny. I would have seen that. I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me Gary Busey. Yeah. I think Hopper's fine. Um, You know, I think by this point in his career, Hopper had kind of uh, settled into villain mode. I mean, he made a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, this is this is not too long after Blue Velvet. What about Super Mario Bros? Was Super Mario Brothers after? I think it was late 90s, right? Was it? No, I don't remember. You gotta remember it. Tennis Hopper plays Bowser. <laughs> Forgot about that. Uh, Ninety three. Oh my oh, was god! Before. Oh, that's right. Because they were trying to capitalize on the Jurassic Park uh, 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 success. Is that what that was about? Yeah, that's why Yoshi looks like a Velociraptor. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> when did Super Mario Brothers become a franchise? When was the video game? 
eighties, mm, uh, I think. Is it eighty one? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it was that early. Maybe, but I don't 85. know. Eighty five. Eighty five. That's a pretty quick 85. turnaround. Yeah. They did a Super Mario movie eight years after it was invented. Yeah. Video games were pretty young at that point too. So. Right. Speaking of video games. Oh God. Um. Nick, do you want to talk about the the sort of extended Waterworld universe? Because you have a particular insight into this that that Adam and I don't have. Do uh, I? Yeah. Well, you saw the you saw the extended version, which apparently well, you saw the extended version, but you also you saw the Universal Studios ride. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. want to talk about this a little bit. So when the movie came out, obviously it was a, a big budgeted disaster, and uh, a lot of money was sunk into the advertising campaign for this. Um, partly because there was some negative press circulating. I think there was a story at one point that that two cameramen had died on the set of the movie. Some journalists had uh, caught wind of this this rumor, and it wasn't true. But the, 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 as a result, Universal had to do a lot of damage control. So there was a lot of money not only spent on the actual production, but also the, the, uh, the marketing and the franchising. So you have a novelization... You have a video game for the oh, Nintendo God. Virtual Boy. And by the way, that was the only Nintendo Virtual Boy game based on a feature film. There's not another Virtual Boy game <laughs> about a movie. Uh, I don't even know the words you're saying anymore. <laughs> <and> <laughs> what the fuck? And four theme park attractions at Universal yes. Studios Hollywood, Universal Studios Singapore, Universal Studios Japan and Universal Studios Beijing. Ah. You went to the Japan version. All four of those attractions, uh, Universal colon a, a live sea war spectacular, still around today. All of them are? All of them. Even in Hollywood? Yes, sir. I'm like not surprised by the foreign countries still showing it, to be honest with you. Hmm. But Hollywood still showing it is shocking. That is interesting. Yeah, might might be safe to say that it is more famous as a ride now than as a movie. It's not even a ride. It's where you sit in a stand. You sit you sit in the audience. Oh, like that Indiana watch. Jones thing? Yes. They oh. do a live oh, like they do a, a live yeah, yeah. they do a live stunt show with explosions and jet skis and That um, would actually be kind of cool. And I actually have it pulled up right now on YouTube. Somebody filmed it in Universal Studios Japan just the way I watched it. Oh, I see, I see. And I just have it pulled up on silent, just this 20-minute show. That's cool. That is kind of cool. I paid a And yeah, I, I, when I was in Japan, every single time I went to Universal Studios, which was nearly every week for an entire six-month period, I saw this one to two times every time I went. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know why. I just really enjoyed <laughs> sitting and watching it. I think also my legs would be tired and it was like a, it was in a good spot in the park to like go go and take a break for 20 minutes right and just like how many times lunch. did you go we went like every weekend oh my god wow because we we had a uh, season tickets or whatever yeah interesting so wow. we went all the time and yeah it was at it was at just the right point in the park where like you'd be like all right i'm tired of walking let's stop eat lunch watch this show so we sit in the stands eat our lunch <laughs> so you were intimately familiar with the Waterworld live show yeah yeah, no, I didn't, and I couldn't understand any of the words they were saying, but, like, I knew what was coming next every time. Yeah, you didn't know that he was a fish man. No, I had no idea he no. was a fish man. <laughs> I never knew that. Was the show good? I thought it was great. There's fire and explosions. I mean, what? All right. People like falling the into the water. Mm -hmm. 
It's a great time. It's is it what? Which action scene was it? I don't think it really matches anything from the movie. Oh. If if anything, it was probably when they like invaded the town. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Huh. If I had to guess, yeah, I'm just Fun. watching it right now. I'm just kind of uh, oh, he's entranced, <laughs> dude. It's 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 the best. I recommend it. Yeah, go on YouTube. <laughs> Waterworld full show. Universal Studios Japan. It's got thirty two thousand views right now. All right. <laughs> If I ever this make video- my way to one of those parks, I'll have to I'll have to watch. Yeah, I get to the Hollywood one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll take our to, we'll take to, our trip to Singapore. No, oh, there we go. That right. we've been talking about. Yeah, we've been talking about it for years. Yeah, <laughs> you have. <laughs> yeah, why is this thing live in Singapore? Oh, wow. yeah, we have a big following there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we like the number three hundred movie podcast in Singapore or something? <laughs> probably didn't we see this knows. it's weird like you look at the the back end stats and it's like you're doing really well in the the, the republic of congo so i mean we have to go to a convention and like set up a booth and stuff like that yeah why is this a thing booth that'd be fun <laughs> at, at comic-con singapore oh my god <laughs> i would love to go to singapore dude yeah i would too I, I i actually don't know anything about singapore is it like it's it's the new york city of asia okay in a lot of ways it is um it is just like sort of this i think it's an independent like city state basically mm-hmm. and it is a melting pot of asian cultures mm, and not just fun. asian cultures really worldwide cultures but um but yeah it's just like this crazy melting pot neat it seems really cool go. i would love to go yeah uh maybe one day water world uh so yeah so this was clearly an attempt at not only a, a hit Kevin Costner movie, but also a, a massive franchise. And it's it's one of the earlier examples of that. Now franchises are just sort of the norm. Um, but back then, you know, a movie was not made with the intention of making a sequel. It's like if a movie was a hit, we're going to rush a sequel into production. But well, this was like we have an entire world in mind that we can explore in future movies. Um, yeah. And that's, that's I think, part of the too. reason why it's considered such a failure. Mm. Well, right. But that, that's sort of what I was going to say is like. Star Wars, like, to say, like, oh, this movie's gonna be the next Star Wars before it even comes out is inherently, like, a flawed idea because Star Wars didn't know it was gonna be the next Star Wars when it came right. out. Right. No. You know? I, yeah, I think now we... we uh, studios operate under that assumption, and, it, it, you know, you still have movies like John Carter, which are flops, yeah. and that was thought of as, like, a, another franchise starter, but by the time Game of Thrones comes out in, like, the early 2000s, I think HBO had in mind a Lord of the Rings style, you know, multi-year narrative. Well, they've Um, also, they've really, at this point, nailed the formula mm -hmm. in a way that it's, it's, yeah, it's not as inspired, but they, they, they know how to make it just successful enough and just safe enough. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think back then, like, not only was this, a failure of a movie it was a failure of an entire franchise oh you know? it's like now we're not going to be able to make all the sequels we had planned and what do you do with a sequel i don't know you costner goes and discovers more fish people i guess yeah i mean you can do more you can definitely they kind of set up for more well i'm kind of fascinated avatar by... two way of the water <laughs> right 
I'm, oh God. Well, no, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by that extended cut because just just so if it if it could even potentially get me invested in what this world is about, because even though like I, I enjoyed this movie as kind of like, like I said earlier, just this like generally fun swashbuckling thing, because it, it, it is occasionally fun. Uh, it, it, it's fine. I just didn't see this as something that needed to be expanded upon much further. But maybe the extended cut would do that. I don't know. Hmm. Is it any good in that way, Nick? <laughs> In in terms of uh, the extended stuff. cut, I I think so. Okay, uh, but it's tough. I guess one of the challenges is I don't know what you guys missed. Mm. Well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, let me ask you: when she uh, was going to give herself to Kevin Costner, and she pulls her clothes off, yes, do they show her butt? They do. Yes, they do. Okay, good. All right, so you didn't miss that. That's <laughs> Thank important. God. <laughs> that's Thank the God. first thing he thinks of. <laughs> It's the most important thing. <laughs> no, I did find a link here. Um, gosh, where did it go? I, I found a website that does like a comparison. Okay. It's moviecensorship.com. <laughs> they, um, they kind of try to do like a side-by-side description of everything that's different between the two cuts. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's compared to the TV version is the problem. Okay. So, oh, I see. I don't know. That might be more more about what they decided not to put on TV rather than the cut that you watched. Yeah, I, from what I understand, it's just it's a lot more of the mythology sort of getting built out. Uh, they explain more about the the sort of melting of the the ice caps. They again, they tell you more about the ideology of these people. Um, you know, I, I think it's it it probably gives you more of the production design, lets you sort of explore the world a little more. I will say for a movie that's over two hours, it is kind of the the I'm talking about the Costner cut now. It it is very to the point and direct, yes. and it doesn't really waste a lot of time. It's mostly action sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would have liked more mythology. You yeah. know, maybe I would have had a fond recording has stopped a fonder appreciation for it. Yeah, because um, I, I was I was kind of looking for for more because like is even though the action is occasionally fun, like I said, it's not you know gripping enough to like sell the entire movie hmm. and there's just there's and again there's just a lot of scenes that you know aren't visually all that interesting when they're on the boat so i was just kind of i don't know i don't know i would have liked a little bit of like let's sit down and talk about this world in a way that kind of like maybe it intrigues me or maybe even scares me that was something i so was kind of looking for but the okay, yeah, it was like the, with... the one mo- how much of the monster is in the movie oh yeah well, that maybe that's where we should start because there well, is okay yeah. you're talking the, about where he goes to get food Yes. Right. Yes. Um, probably not more than you think. Actually, okay. uh, I'm assuming what you saw is him get in the water, gets eaten, essentially by the monster, and then kills it from the inside, and right. then hard cut to them eating. Correct. That is exactly how it is. Are there any other creatures? Showing uh, version. There's some sharks at one point. We okay. see shark fins at one. Yeah, point briefly that's shown. Yeah, awkwardly cut out. Okay. Okay. That that I thought was potential for a for a, a sequel they could have explored exactly what those creatures were i don't yeah well yeah that's true i just don't see a sequel that that goes any further than like there's more land out there but then it becomes not water world right right <laughs> exactly. 
exactly right. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, you can't get any higher than Mount Everest. Yeah, guess, that's the right? problem. <laughs> sort of blow your load. It's Mount Everest. Wow. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least work your way up a little bit. Start on Mount Or like, Fuji. you know, they go and try to get, they try to bring more people to dry land. Yes. Yeah, that's an idea. Or something. For sure. sure. Uh, I don't know. Was there the scene where he took her underwater? Yes. Yes. Which is actually something I didn't mind. I thought that was... I again, loved that scene. Doesn't make a I lot loved of... loved that. I was a little unclear about how the pressure in that uh, little tank would have held up. Not, and probably not that well. Not that well. well it's only 28,000 feet to see <laughs> that, guys. But that's what I'm saying. The science of the of how many How buildings, much oxygen would be left in there for her? The, the fact that the buildings are completely submerged miles down, though, that's also a problem. Yeah. <laughs> as we discussed. And, <laughs> and that was Los Angeles, right? Probably. Yeah, or or New York. I don't know. I believe that one of the buildings he drove by had a giant like donut on the roof, and there's that famous donut shop in Los Angeles. I see. Oh, okay. And so that's I mean, it could have been like a Goodyear tire for all I know. Right. But I saw it very briefly and I thought maybe that was like a brief little like oh people in Hollywood will know what that is. Yeah, we should have seen the Hollywood sign, I think. Yeah, yeah. That would have been fun. Or the Statue of Liberty. Just Oh yeah. Yeah, like Planet of the Ape. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Planet of the Water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, can we take five minutes just to talk about how silly the title water world is sure (laughs) nothing's free in water world i just found it hilarious that they refer to the world they're living in as water world yeah as as if there's another world water is all you know you know what i mean well it's funny because we've named our planet or we, we call, like, dirt the name mm. of our planet, right? Like, Earth. It's the same thing, even though most of our planet is already water. You think we should he should have just said nothing's free in water? <laughs> Does dirt and Earth have the same origin? Pro- I don't know what comes first. I, I couldn't even... I'm not gonna... We're not gonna Earth? chicken and egg this. <laughs> dirt and Earth. I never thought about it that way. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you call the planet. Well, Earth. Earth. Water, wet. <laughs> call it Earth. It's Earth. <laughs> you don't have to call it Water World. The endless wet. Wait, well, but <laughs> what if it's not Earth? <laughs> but it is Earth, right? <laughs> yeah, it that would have been a twist. That yeah. would have been interesting. Okay, it's like yeah. he put they they at the end where they wipe away the sign and it says Mount Everest, which you guys apparently didn't see. Mm. Oh, oh no, 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 no! They did the little girls on the top of a mountain watching him leave, and they. They look at the dirt and they wipe it away and there's a sign, uh, uh, uh sort of like, uh, I don't know what they're called. I can't remember the term right now, but it's just like, here is where these people first stepped on the peak of Mount Everest. Mm. But, like a okay, commemoration a, thing. A placard. But yes. see, e- even though it scientifically doesn't make any sense, at least that's like a neat idea. It's yeah. like, oh, it's, it's Mount Everest. Oh, cool. Because it's the highest peak. I get it. Right. As opposed to, we found an island. Right. <laughs> That's all it is in the, in the, the, the Kevin Costner. There's the island. <laughs> no, yeah, it's pretty, like, definite that, like, this is the only land you're going to find. Yeah. There were a number of ideas like that that made no scientific sense, but I kind of liked it cinematically. Yeah, yeah, like they're Like, when Gene Triplehorn, uh, what's her character's name in this? Uh, oh, Helen. Of course, because it's... Helen. It's based on Helen of Troy. That's right. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> well, yeah, I think the writer was like, Helen is, you know, she, uh, the, the, the face that, that launched a thousand ships. So that's but, kind of a take on that. Okay. 
they tell they tell you the na- his name at the end of the movie, right? No, no, I think they they just refer to him as the Mariner. Yeah. Oh, that's something that you fucking clearly don't have then. Oh, well, right before he leaves, she goes to him and she goes. I want to give you a gift. And he goes, yet again, nothing's free in Waterworld. No, he doesn't uh, say it again. He says it again. Yeah. He says it again. Oh, and she goes, right. and she what goes, well, she goes, well, let this be the first thing then. My gift to you is a name. Uh, and she names him and she says, uh, it's after an old story. Um, and she tells the story of Ulysses, uh, which is the Roman uh, name for Odysseus. And she gives him the name U- Ulysses. I like that. That's why it's the Ulysses cut. Oh, that's yeah. clever. See, there yeah. you go. I see, All right. I see, I see. There's and so there's some lore there. Yeah, there's some. A... No, no, I genuinely, th- I, I have a strong feeling that it's much better than whatever you watched because <laughs> there's a I, lot I, more I, little world building things like that. The the smokers, is that what they're called? The yeah, the smokers. Um, they they briefly talk about sort of. Now I don't think they get into it as much as they could have, but they do talk about their sort of religion, mm-hmm. the idea that they are. Um, you know, everybody else, like the other cultures, they basically, they only have children when there's enough space for the children. Interesting. And the smokers are like, no, we don't believe that. We believe that we need to find more land so that we can continue to multiply. Hmm. And okay. like that, that's their kind of philosophy. And that's why they're so desperately looking for dry land is because they are. And here's the weird thing. Like they're cast as the villains in this, but like they're not the ones who like throw babies in the water because <laughs> there's not enough food. And, and this is something I found very troubling too. At the end of the movie, with the final, uh, uh, you know, the big set piece on the tanker, um, he just murders everybody. So many innocent people <laughs> are blown up in that explosion. So many people. Well, the morality of this movie is like, to be honest with you, the good guys are not the good guys, and the bad guys are not really the bad guys, with the one exception of who wants to kill the little girl and who wants to save the little girl. The little girl is the only piece of morality. Right. But yes. in every other context, uh, our main character is the villain and our villain is the good guy in yeah, every other context right. besides that little girl. Yeah. I mean, Hopper is definitely a kooky cat and uh, is a little quick with the trigger, but yeah, Costner's a dick, man. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not sure a lot of this was intentional. Like, I, you could describe Costner as an anti-hero, but I'm not sure he's really portrayed as an anti-hero. Uh, we, uh, of course, establish he's kind of a drifter, like a Clint Eastwood-like drifter going from town to town. Uh, you know, uh, I, I guess in this world, uh, there's a lot of drifters that sort of, uh, when they meet each other in the middle of Waterworld, will will trade, you know, pieces of paper and dirt and other, you know, precious commodities which i also think there's something kind of cool about that about seeing like oh there's a green flag we're gonna go meet and see what we'll trade and the things that they value i think are very interesting to see yeah uh so you know he arrives at this at this uh this village um which is i don't know it's kind of like a floating it's one giant boat right the village? Yeah. I, mean, uh, it's, I think it's, they've essentially like strapped together a bunch of floating debris and okay. created a little platform. Like a little, yeah, a little like fortress, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he walks in. He's a fish man. We should establish. He has gills behind his ears and webbed toes. Uh, he's a mutant. Apparently, I don't know like why he's a mutant. Did did, did they explain that more in the? In the extended cut? Uh, that was the other thing, yeah. I was well, like, I think that was where they wanted to go with the sequel, because when he leaves, they're like, why are you leaving? And he's like, I want to find more people like me. Uh, 
Okay. Did he so, say that? He didn't say that in our cut. I don't remember that either. No. no. I mean, no this is around the same time that she names him. She goes, I don't understand why you're leaving. And he goes, there, you know, I've been told there might be more people like me. I need to find them. Yeah, he never did that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so he so he's drifting around, and he, and he uh, ends up on this this village that is raided by Dennis Hopper and the Smokers, um, and uh, he ends up uh, saving quote unquote this uh, older woman and her child, although it's not really her child. Uh, the little child's name is Enola, which I don't know if you guys noticed. It's alone spelled backwards. Ah, uh, okay. I associated it with Enola Gay, the 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 bomb, the bomber that dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But that's just me. You think they named her after the U.S. plane that dropped the first atomic bomb? That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm going with alone backwards. <laughs> I'm putting a vote in that column. <laughs> hey, the world ended, didn't it? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, all the water on Waterworld was Evian water, by the way. That's, <laughs> That's a really niche joke, by the way. That's a great joke, Nick. That's a fucking great joke. That is some grade one wordplay right there, my friend. That is really good. You know, there's like 50% of the listeners right now are like, what? <laughs> what is the joke? I don't get it. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh yeah. So, but he, he, he ends up, you know, with these, the, the, the mom and the kid and he's like, yeah, we're, two of you are never going to last this long. We don't have enough food and water. So, uh, might as well just kill one of you now. And he's about to go like throw the little girl off the ship. And she, of course, in classic like movie fashion, she just sort of sitting there on the edge of the boat humming to herself because that's what like cute little girls do. Like she's just so innocent. She's humming. Uh, right. <laughs> and and Lord's like, no, you can't. And he's just it, it's he's kind of a mean guy, but he's more pragmatic than anything. And that's sort of his redeeming quality is most of it is is pragmatic. Mm-hmm. At one point he leaves. Um, and again, I don't know if this is in your cut, but um, the little girl is kidnapped later in the movie. And she wants to go rescue them, and he just goes, like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> and as he's leaving, one of the other, uh, like, elders that they came across is talking to the woman and says, uh, don't blame him. He's a survivor. That's the only thing he knows. You know? And I think that's yeah. a good way to describe him is yeah. he's just, he's he's had to survive for so long that he doesn't know how to, like, give for the sake of just mm. keeping someone else alive, you know? A lot like some a character portrayed by Mel Gibson and Tom Hardy. Strangely, I don't. Yeah. know. I can't remember who that. Character a lot was, like though. that. <laughs> I can't. It's escaping me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. I mean, there are also moments where he's willing to pimp these women out, and not women. This woman and child out to another trader in exchange for National Geographic magazines. I don't know if he was actually see that that's a scene that's very unclear to me. It's very if if he really was truly willing to just give those women away for mm. 30 minutes to this random guy, uh, then obviously he's an irredeemable character. Yes, I think but, he is. I think that's the implication there. I think well, he has I don't know if thoughts, they're trying but... to imply that like he was just trying to buy time to like look through what the guy had or something. But I, it seems a very contrived, uncomfortable very okay 
Well, de- definitely the, the intentionality was he was just trying to trick the guy to, you know, look at this stuff before he could, you know, take them back. I think that there's no way the filmmakers were like, yeah, genuinely pimp them out and then change your mind. No, no, no. I, I don't think that's the case. But the emotional journey is like. Doesn't really play that way. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah. They, they, yeah. Just, they right, needed, right. They needed yeah. like a, they needed like a whisper to the woman, like, like, yes. trust me. Or like a nod or something. They needed exactly. something to be like, we have a plan, like, just go along with it. Right. And yeah, they yeah, didn't I agree. do that. Right. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, yeah. Did you guys have the scene where he's eating the tomato? I feel like that's something that would have been cut. No. There are tomatoes shown. I don't remember the actual eating of the tomatoes. He never eats a tomato. But okay. you're right. There are tomatoes shown. Yeah. There's a scene where, so he buys from the woman her tomato plant. With the money that he got from the dirt at the yeah, beginning. I remember that. Yeah. Right. He did do that. And then um, when they're on the ship together, um, this is before they demand him, demand he gets them food because they're so hungry. There's this scene where he's just sitting on the boat looking out in the water and he has a single tomato next to him and a knife. And he's just sitting there and he cuts a piece of the tomato, picks it up with the knife and eats it. And he's just looking at the water. And then both girls are just slowly crawling towards the tomato, <laughs> hoping to just get like a piece of it. And he's just sitting there ignoring them, cutting the tomato. And uh, he eats the last piece. And then there's just like some juice left on the side of the boat. And you see them. They're like crawling towards it. And then right before he gets, or right before they get there, he really quickly just like throws his face down and licks up all the juice right in front of their faces. (laughs) And then turns back to the ocean like they weren't even. (laughs) Yeah, he's a real dick. He's He's a real asshole. He's horrible. At one point, Anola makes a joke about his hair and he just throws her into the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that she can't swim. Yeah. He just chucks her in the water. Like chucks her in the water. And so anyway, (laughs) he's a dick. And if you want to like surmise why this movie is as as hated as it is, I mean, it really comes down to the character dynamic and the acting because I think so. Costner is not good in this movie uh, at all. He's he's very bad. I don't know what voice he's doing exactly. Um, he's not doing a voice. He's kind of doing a voice. Is he? I didn't detect a voice. Uh, uh, there was a little bit of a voice. Uh, <laughs> and the character makes no this sense. This is my fishman voice. I don't know how I'm what supposed is, to feel about anyone at any given moment, nor do, do the direct the director, right. and, uh, the directors, I should say. Uh, <laughs> and like the interpersonal dynamics just don't work. This no. is not a movie about people at all. But there is some like decent movie star shit um, or I, I guess movie magic shit. There's a moment where Gene Triplehorn and Costner are trying to evade capture uh, Dennis Hopper and his goons are shooting at them and they dive under the water and she goes I can't breathe underwater and Costner goes I'll breathe for you mm. uh, and of course because Costner has gills he can breathe underwater so uh, he ends up uh, you know oxidizing the ocean is that the word oxidizing the ocean <laughs> What the hell did Isn't you- that what fish do? They extract the, the oxygen out of... All of the no, chemists ox- listening to us right now. Are- I think to oxidize the ocean, you'd have to be able to breathe that ocean. He just goes mouth to mouth with her. No, but he like extracts the oxygen from the water. That's- Is that not what fish do? How do fish breathe? Yeah, no, they, they their gills somehow get oxygen from the right. ocean. That's what they do, yeah. Right. Uh, but I don't know if you can then breathe it into somebody else's mouth. It's no, CO2, definitely not. It's CO2 at that point. At that point, you've breathed it already. Yeah, yes. you're, you're poisoning her, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're just so, a breathe for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Take my <Harvest>. CO2. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
So he, uh, yeah, he. he so I mean, yeah, we could definitely say this movie. This movie is definitely not strong on the science. No, no. But I did think but, that was kind of a cool moment. A little bit forced in terms of. Yes. Okay, now the romance is coming around the corner. They they make sweet sweet love uh, a moment after on their way to get the kidnapped girl back from the goons. Uh, but uh, make sweet love on that rusty boat, by the way, it just didn't look sanitary at all to me. You think they have tetanus shots in Waterworld? <laughs> <laughs> they trade them, Nick. Come on. Nothing's free in Waterworld. <laughs> Don't Nick, forget. There's okay? <laughs> no universal health care in Waterworld, okay? I found it very weird, by the way. He has a wall- water filtration device that right. he pees into. He pees to- into. Why can't you just... Thank you. Why can't you I just don't even t- finish the question. I know where you're going with this. I it, thought the see, exact same thing. But like, just, I know. Take the salt water. Just take the salt water. The salt water. And just extract the, the fresh water out of that, you dumb fucker. I, I think that's a lot harder. <laughs> then you're... No. I think I that's a it. lot harder to Doesn't convert your salt water to fresh salt water. In it? Your pee has like ammonia in it. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's... I believe it's, I believe it's a lot harder because this is like an actual thing that scientists have been trying to do for a long time. I don't think it's very easy to convert salt water into fresh water. Is it easy? I don't to- know. I don't know how. No, I don't know how easy it is to convert pee into fresh water. Either. <laughs> I want to be clear. I don't know if that's any easier. <laughs> but if you can extract. But, Bear, but I've seen Bear Grylls drink his own pee and I've never yeah. seen Bear Grylls drink salt water. So. But he never had a water filtration device like what Kevin Costner apparently has. Yeah, All I right, had him on this. I don't more. know. Let's like- learn more. <laughs> Also, it's a four-hour podcast anyway. Let's go into this. Also, where's the rain? Yeah, you would think it'd be really rainy in Waterworld. Yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it'd just be pouring every day in Waterworld. Like, like why, why are you worried about finding water? You should have... What, it's, Not a cloud in the sky. It's Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's thirsty in Waterworld. <laughs> I love I love that everybody like drinks out of like old plastic bottles. Yeah, I kind of or like, like the fucking at one point the product placement of a Jack Daniels bottle. Oh God! Did you guys that. catch that? I yes, that. I know. I caught I caught the Jack Daniels for sure. <laughs> Just Dennis Hopper holding a Jack Daniels bottle. Oh wait a second! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what about the sequence where uh, this just I I was laughing hysterically when he saves the girl after she falls out of the plane, which is just very funny to me. How with the, the bungee cord? Oh, that was phenomenal. But it's shit. not a bungee cord; no. it's a rope. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a bungee rope. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> he, he just jumps down. Oop! And then the, the bad guys all crash into each other and erupt in a fiery blaze. How does yeah. he know what sick. length the rope is? He, he has doesn't. no fucking idea. He's just—he's guessing. He's hoping for the best. It was perfect. Perfect. It was perfect execution. Yeah. The oh. exact height of where the balloon is. Yes. Yeah. He didn't measure. He just did it. He's like, "I'm going. I'm doing it. Tie it off." Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even tied off before he jumped. No. She tied it off mid-jump. The rope. You literally see she like she lets go, and the the his gravity pulls the knot taut. She manages to like tie it and just hold it, and it just. Okay, but in order it's for it to be, to be tied taut, it has to take his weight, right? Right. And he's moving at terminal velocity at that point. Oh, so boy. his leg... Don't, get, don't fucking I'm drop these saying, terms on me His now. leg is gone. Stop. No, no, no. His leg, his, <laughs> leg, his leg is fucking gone, well, guys. Adam, I would agree with you if he was a regular man, but this is oh, a yeah, fish man we're talking about. He's a flexible fish man. This is Gill man we're talking about here. 
No, th- yeah, it's it's cartilage. It's not it's not bone. <laughs> Listen, the science isn't perfect, but then again, it's a movie called Waterworld. Okay, all right. There are water planets out there. I I would imagine that are all water. Yeah, I'm sure there are. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, by most measures, Earth would count as one of them. That's true. Yeah, we are. Tech- we're a water world. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, we can go through the whole plot, but I don't think we have to. I think we basically covered it all, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. I, so, I, I mean, w- let's let's talk about this. The little girl has a tattoo on oh, her back. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah right. With right. a map that supposedly will lead them to dry land. Mm. Right. Um, and so that is the reason everybody's trying to capture this little girl is because they want the coordinates. Nobody at any point is like, can I just copy the tattoo on your back? It's true. And then let you go. It's, you know, it's, there's none of that. No, the problem, Nick, it's too hard to read. Remember, it's 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 not it's it's not flat and it's not big enough. So the only way they need to do it is cut out a little piece of that skin, you know, mm. cut up her back and then stretch it out and then dry out the skin, you know, so they have a little skin map there. Weird. Right? Yeah, it's also. Presumably, they tattooed a baby, whoever put her this parents, tattoo on her her it's parents tattooed her parents tattooed her as a baby put her in a basket and shipped her out to sea yes well they knew they were gonna die that's a full right. plan yeah. uh now back to the science because tides don't do that <laughs> she would have just arrived back on the land yep or drowned <laughs> but somehow she traveled across the world also Again, I'm convinced that they were in Los Angeles. I'm convinced. I don't have. A, I don't have that for. Well, fact, there's but I'm a long trek to uh, to, to yeah, Mount to Everest, Everest in Nepal. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a ways. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. like the opposite side of the world, almost. It is. Yeah, <laughs> they were flying in that hot air balloon for years. <laughs> Around the world, maybe days. I mean, yeah, mm. doesn't work. No, yeah, definitely uh, for sure. Um... Yeah, so that's that's why uh, Dennis Hopper is after this this little girl, uh, and uh, Costner eventually grows quite fond of this youngin, and at the end of the day, he decides to capture or, or save her from the the bad guys from her captors, um, and uh, when he does so, he blows up an entire ship of innocent people. <laughs> yep. Okay that that was a cool <laughs> moment, right? Yeah. I actually like this moment where he's like, release the girl or else I'm going to drop this flare in your giant tank of oil and blow up the entire ship. Mm. And they go, they go, you wouldn't do that. You're not crazy. And then he just does (laughs) it. I think the line at one point, and and pardon the language here, it might offend somebody, but Dennis Hopper goes, I thought you were stupid. Turns out you're a total retard. (laughs) He said, I underestimated you. I thought you were stupid. Turns out you're... Yeah, that. yeah, which I thought was uh, man, just, just a classic Hopper, yeah, classic Hopper delivery though of that line. I think it was improv. <laughs> yeah, um, but I love that he actually did it. I don't know. There's something about that. Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't think it was the right decision. But I like, no. the old guy at the bottom of the well was like, oh, thank God. This is <laughs> like, thank God. I wanted to I'm say that is the best part of the movie because it's just the funniest thing I can imagine. Yeah. Oh my God, it's a good little moment. Um. Also loved when when uh, everything blew up and Hopper said to his goons, "Like, don't just stand there, kill something." <laughs> Good direction. <laughs> like that line a lot. <laughs> when in doubt, just kill something. Kill something. <laughs> uh, yeah. What I didn't really like about this climax, though, is that it it's not water centric; it's fire centric, and I found that to be, mm, you uh, know, 
kind of in in stark opposition of water month. Well, the original intention was fish burn, right? Mm. So hopper was kind of an afterthought. I see. So if there is a if there was fish burn there, it would have made more sense. Would have been more. Yeah, because it would be fire and water, right? Like you know. I see. You don't have to repeat it. We got it. <laughs> you get it? Because like... No, we got it. We got it. Burn good. like fire. Yeah, no, it's good. And fish like water. Yeah. I will... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I will say on that point, Nico, if they're going for a blatant Mad Max ripoff, then just do a Road Warrior third act chase on the water. Right? Right. There you go. Yeah. Then you have yeah. your water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, didn't love how much fire was involved here. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Uh... Oh, at did one you, point, did, did they show the scene where he tracks them down, where he tracks down the little girl, how he manages to find them? I don't think so. I don't remember the details now that you mention it. So I this is, just, um, he's talking, this is a, around the same time that he, he ditches her that I was talking about earlier. He ends up coming back and deciding, I do want to save this little girl because he goes back to his ship and finds a drawing she made for him. Uh, we saw that. Okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. yeah. So he goes back and he's like, I am going to save her. And they go, how are you going to find them? And he takes, he has two jet skis because he goes, uh, he, he kills two of the guys as they're coming to attack them, right? So there's two jet skis left over. They're like, how are you going to find them? You're not going to be able to find them. He gets on one jet ski, takes the other jet ski, sets it on fire. And all of the oil and gas that was leaking out of the jet ski makes a, makes a trail in the water. That he can follow. Dude, of all fire. of this shit sounds oh, sick. Why was it cut? Up? Fucking Costner, dude. Yeah, that's kind of like, cool. I so love he follows that. this trail of flaming gasoline through the that's water in order to track good. him that's down. That's a good little cinematic moment. I like that. It was awesome. That's cool. I'm telling you, man. Ulysses cut rules. All right, all right. All right. I could have watched the Ulysses cut. Damn. Did the Ulysses cut include the uh, the monologue of the little girl sitting with all the goons, being like, "He doesn't yeah. have a name. <laughs> Death can't find him." <laughs> He can see like twenty. He's killed dozens feet. of men, even little girls. <laughs> so, like, how is that helping your argument? I was gonna say he's a protector, a dark knight. <laughs> it's like everything she's describing him makes him sound like the shittiest person ever. I know. And it's like, how are you so sure that he's gonna come get you? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, she's like, so confident. She's really he's confident. shown nothing but disgust for this little girl, and she is so confident he's going to come. I know. <laughs> it makes no sense. Your monologue. I love it. Uh, but it's really good movie shit, though. Like you cut to Costner killing all the guys on the ship. It's like really. Yeah. Good. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I didn't really have a ton of. The, obviously, the smokers smoke a lot of cigarettes. That's not really explained ever what the whole cigarette I think they're called is. smokers because they burn so much oil that there's like black plumes of smoke coming out of there. So that's just a vehicles. Okay. But they also choice. literally smoke a lot of cigarettes. They smoke cigarettes, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I would be so fucking seasick if I was in Waterworld, dude. You don't think you get used to it? I would never. He'd just I'd be, be the, so seasick. That's Nico. He's always thrown up. He's been doing it for years. <laughs> what do you guys see of dry land? Uh, do they do they do they show you the huts and the yes. skeletons? Yeah. They do. Yes. A few. Not not. I don't. There maybe there's more huts. We only see the one. We see the skeletons. The, yeah, we see the skeletons. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah, Got it. So. Um. Yeah, Waterworld just seems like a fucking... I mean, listen, uh, according to the behind-the-scenes reporting, um, the cast and crew 
got seasick multiple times. Like they had a lot of, first of all, they filmed it off the coast of Hawaii. So it took them forever to get far enough off the coast to have a, you know, a sufficient amount of waterscape. You know, yep. you can't see the land in the background. So they had to go out a couple miles every day. Um, the production got shut down multiple times because of hurricane warnings. Um, you know, crew were dropping out like flies. Um, and this all could have been avoided, according to lore, because when Kevin Reynolds began production on the movie, he went to a man named Steven Spielberg and asked Spielberg, hey, you've worked on the open seas before with Jaws. Do you have any advice for me? He's like, yeah, don't shoot on the open water. <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> Build a tank. Build a tank. Put some green screens up. Call it a day. Don't shoot on the open water. But there's something about it. Oh, I agree. I I don't know, man. I kind of... What I found lacking, maybe, is... I'm kind of shocked that there wasn't a single storm. Yes. And it's probably just because it was too dangerous But to film. But that would have been something to the setting that would have been, like, really cool. Or like some night sequences, like the best you get. Yeah. There are night sequences, but they're like story time night sequences where they're just sitting on the boat and chatting. Like I wanted to be under the water at night. That would have been neat. Right. And like you said, a storm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's it's a very bad idea, though. I mean, you shouldn't, especially if you're uh, trying to make a hundred million dollar movie like you. This, definitely this makes me think of this. the Great Pyramids of Giza, right? Where uh if you view them from one angle, they look like they're completely in the desert. But if you go there and you see from the opposite angle, there's a McDonald's yep. like right. a, like a quarter mile from the Great Pyramids, right? Right, right. Why couldn't they have just filmed this in the ocean from one angle where they're like right off the coast of Hawaii and they just don't film the part where Hawaii is? Just, uh, you know, film out. I guess the action sequences were a little too complicated for that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I understand. And, uh, yeah, in theory, that would work. Um, but now they had to go several miles out. And I, I mean, like, it just has to be the biggest fucking nightmare. You can't control any of it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like one of the, the things you want. I mean, movies are hard enough to control as it is, let alone putting your production out in the middle of the fucking ocean. Right. And putting your actors it's, out oh there and all your stunt doubles. And I mean, you can't. There's no steady camera. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> the cameras wet constantly. Like, <laughs> and I, you, listen, I do respect it. And I, of course, I prefer this to a, a you know, a green screen clusterfuck. Me too. Uh but yeah, it's like no wonder this thing went over budget. Like, right. there's a reason Spielberg never did Jaws two. No, yeah, because it was mis- he went a hundred days over uh, over schedule. One hundred. Yeah, he, he was almost fired on. It on was his first days. movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like they made five Jaws sequels afterwards. I mean, it you know it should tell you something that Spielberg was never involved. Has he ever done anything water related since? I can't think of it. I can't think of one. No, uh, I can't think of any extended water sequence in any of his movies. No, I can't really either. Nothing's coming to me. I guess in Saving Private Ryan, the opening scene is on, is on water. Sure, sure, but they're also at a beach, so it's a little bit. They easier. eventually land. I yes. mean, but it, it begins <laughs> at sea. Yeah, you know, and that's a lot of handheld stuff. I mean, that's probably the closest you get. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Spielberg was right. Just fucking don't shoot on the open water. It's traumatizing. <laughs> all of this could have been avoided. Yeah. Um, all in all, gentlemen, I think uh, a movie whose reputation is a little unfair. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Slander. It's- but a fascinating, fascinating document nonetheless. So what are some of the 
uh, controversies coming out of this film that are not related to the film, but just related to like Costner. Oh, well, I mean, as we said, Costner was going through a divorce at the time. Uh, a lot of people blame that for his bad mood on set. Um, was he mean to people? Yeah, at one point, Joss Whedon actually flew out to do some rewrites. <laughs> oh, no. That's always a great idea. No, yeah, they just, just, yeah. <laughs> when did Dow bring Whedon onto the set? It's crazy he goes back that far. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is after Buffy. Uh, no, it was? No, no, no. Wasn't no, Buffy? No. Or no, this is around the time Buffy started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Buffy, right. I think, was like late 90s. I think it was like 94 is when really? Buffy started. Is that old? Uh, but, let me figure it out. They they bring Whedon out for some last minute rewrites, and I think to like help them ad lib on set. Sometimes, like you know, big uh, movies will do that. They'll ha- like have like a, a writer just off screen for some ad libs. Um, and uh, you know, when they they fly him out, they put him on the ship. Um, Joss Whedon described it as seven weeks of hell, <laughs> stating that he did little more than taking notes from Costner and trying to work them in the script because nobody. Listen to his ideas. In the end, he wrote a few puns and a few scenes that I can't even sit through because they came out so bad. <laughs> so, like, Costner's just out there on an ego trip, you know? Like, he won his Oscar, you know? Now, he, yeah, he thinks he's the best thing in the world. But it's it's not like he hadn't done some failures before. Like, he just did Wyatt Earp, which Tombstone completely fucking ran into the ground. Um, yeah. So, you know, he, he, had, he had made failures in the 90s. Um, I love Joss Whedon, by the way. He's 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 complained about uh, that before. Like uh, <laughs> he talks about Alien Resurrection, and he's like, "Yeah, those are my lines, but they said them wrong. They didn't get what I was going for. <laughs> they they didn't understand the context of my script." Like, I believe him to a degree, but yeah. uh, to be he's such okay, a so, prick, though. Yeah, he yeah, is. A I know. Prick. <laughs> he's like, like done, right? He's like he's yeah, completely yeah. canceled. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, when he was in complete control of projects they worked in a way but like it has to be like a whedon project that kind of style that he goes for you can't like insert his no. work into other contexts it just doesn't well i, uh, I, to, the, to be clear, I want to correct the record just earlier i said buffy was uh, it was buffy the movie was 92 the show was 97 got it okay so i was um, wrong. <laughs> yeah uh yeah i think with whedon it's um like he's so good at writing for television in a, in a very traditional sense, not what we think of now as television, but like he's, his sensibility is like really classic sitcom pitter patter 30 episodes a season, just yes. pumping it out. And I think like, obviously that's why Buffy worked. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have never seen Firefly, but um, Nick, you rave about Firefly, right? Everybody. Well, it, I mean, yeah, everybody raves about it. It's a good show. Um, I don't know. It's I, I, I think that people act like if only it had more seasons, it would have been the best thing ever. No, it would have been fine. Mm. It's 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 more beloved because it was cut short than it would have been had it been allowed to run its course. Like a freaks and geeks. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I, he I also think, made Dollhouse, yeah. I think, which people really liked. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote Cabin in the Woods. Um, right. Which great movie. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do. I do think like his particular talent for blending genre with like traditional family sitcom um sensibilities is really cool uh and i think avengers the original avengers movie which of course he wrote and directed uh 
captures that energy. But I, I think the reason that that movie works, or at least for me, the reason why that movie works is not the reason that it works for other people. I think other people enjoy the team up and they like the sort of fan fiction. And it's really the first time that those movies acknowledge uh, a universe where all of these characters can can meet and there are endless possibilities. Um, I don't think it really works as like an action movie. I think it works as like a, a an exercise uh, in like comedy and patter and chemistry. Um, and I think the more like obviously he worked on Justice League, the Age of Ultron sequel, I just don't think works at all. Um, but when he's allowed to make a movie in the way that he would make a TV show. I think it kind of sings. Um, but now there's no more uh, Whedon TV shows or movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just over with now. Yeah. I guess that's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it. He's he's kind of an asshole. Well, also, like, I feel like he already made Buffy and, like, that's it. Like He's made he his can, mark. I mean, that's... that's yeah, he can, like, just... He can move on now and yeah. go sit in a retirement home. <laughs> Uh, so that's Waterworld, guys. Uh, I think we, we've come to the end. There was a lot to unpack there, but I think we finally I, did it. We did it. Yeah. I think the bottom line here is actually that the Ulysses cut is genuinely much better, though. I, I really, like truly it. think so. I mean, it's still not like a fantastic movie, and it is asking you for an extra 40 minutes on top of what's already a two hour and 15 minute movie. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a small ask, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to sit down and force yourself, watch the extra 40 minutes, I think. Okay. I don't, think, um, I, I, don't, I don't think that two hour movie is even all that bad. It's just, you know, it's just very, very flawed. It's just kind of okay. I was and if you go into it thinking it's going to be the worst thing ever, you're going to be pleasantly surprised, I would say. You know, what's interesting, too, is I actually don't feel like and maybe this is uh, one of the big differences here. I didn't really feel like watching the Ulysses cut that I was watching a Mad Max ripoff all right. because the action always felt like background to me. Okay, maybe it's a lot more foregrounded in the uh, in the theatrical cut because like, there, there's a there's a lot of there's not a lot of like sitting yeah. around talking. I feel um, like there's a lot more dialogue. Okay, okay, and I I don't know. And listen, maybe some of those character dynamics that didn't work for us worked more for you. They sort of fleshed it out a little more. I again, I I, I just find the character dynamics here to be. Ludicrous. No, they're they're bad. Okay, all right. So, I think they're pretty universally bad. <laughs> I, mean, I found them to be pretty. He boring, is a horrible but, yeah. person who just suddenly, at one point in the movie, decides, you know, what, maybe I can be good. Right. Yeah, yeah it sucks. Um, For a price, because nothing's free in Waterworld. <laughs> it's, oh boy, I do like the action here, though. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I like fun. it enough. Fun enough. Yeah. Okay. Sufficiently wet. Oh my god, Elia, dude. This is what is they come. Oh my god. <laughs> You know something? I'm going. So here, here's the thing. What was the wettest movie we watched? Because I think it's Big Wednesday. Might have to be Big Wednesday. What are you talking about? They I were like on land. For I don't 90% care. Man. Of that movie. <laughs> there's something. There's something wet about that movie, even when they're off land or, or, I or on land. It, it didn't feel like Costner was that wet. Like obviously he's surrounded by water, but I well, don't he remember. Jumps in the water. I mean, I guess he's a fish, so maybe, you know, it doesn't it doesn't show as much. But I guess. like for the most part, the hair is pretty, pretty well quaffed. It is, yeah. You know, that's true. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I didn't really feel like these characters were drenched throughout. That's what I felt about Big Wednesday. 
Whereas yeah, Big Wednesday always felt like these guys were kind of dripping, you know. I think like so, I don't yeah. want the I don't I don't want to let them inside my restaurant. It is hot, even when they're on <laughs> land. It's hot. It's 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 sweaty. Yeah, I think it might be onto something there. They know. throw spaghetti at each other. There's something very <laughs> uniquely wet about Big Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with I fucking ridiculous. love Big Wednesday. Yeah, Big Wednesday. That movie is so good. Very good yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? I'm good. No, Nick, we're good. Okay, cool. Game time. How many? Drew Garrett. Uh, the costs. Gotta go, Costner. Put up $22 million of his own money to make this movie. That's a lot of money. Respect. How do you get that? That's a lot of and fucking money. That, now, think about all of the Waterworld action figures, all of the uh, video games, comic books, the plushies, the uh, meat. The, what, are, what are those little, uh, what are those little, little fucking bobblehead looking pl- things called? Uh, Funko Pops. Yeah, he's probably got tons of Waterworld Funko Pops. <laughs> hmm. Cos. I I ooh. What do you think uh, the royalty checks? Like what, what's his what's his most profitable movie? His most profitable. What do you think still give, you know, that he's still making money from? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh I mean, I guess if he's got to be Field of Dreams, right? Field of Dreams, yeah. Um I Dances mean if the, wolves, if, right? If they're rides at Universal for Waterworld, you could say this. Yeah, they must still pay him yeah, for that. Yeah. Uh I guess to a degree friggin' Man of Steel. I guess <laughs> yeah, degree, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure they paid him handsomely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I'll be pretty generous with uh Kevin Costner. I mean, he's on Yellowstone, which I have to reiterate. I've never seen an episode, but it is fucking huge yes that yeah. show is so big it's it's one of the shows it's kind of like ncis or big bang theory which is like people in our circles don't give a fuck about it but somewhere in america someone's watching that show i know and so many people are watching it people love it yeah you know <sighs> well that's probably been pretty good to him how many I, seasons is it at now uh the the four seasons they're oh. four seasons in okay is it gonna end with the with the caldera erupting then I'll watch the show. <laughs> what? <laughs> just suddenly funny. takes a real dark turn. <laughs> that would be the best. It was just a movie about, you know, the interpersonal dynamics of ranchers. <laughs> and then it just blows up. <laughs> We're going to lose the family ranch. <laughs> I think Nothing's that's free in Yellowstone. <laughs> Oh my god! Hundred million. Fuck it. Hundred million. Why not? Hundred. I'll go one fifty. Right, wow. Okay. Uh, three hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> right, that might be a little budget. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Costs. All right. Here we go. The net Let's worth just, somehow. Net worth of Kevin Costner. Somehow he's gotten to three hundred million. We're going a hundred. We're going one fifty and three hundred. 50, 350. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. The actual net worth of Academy Award winning Kevin Costner, the star of Draft Day, 
that's right. And uh, Man of Steel, Molly's game and shit. Two hundred and seventy-five million dollars, Nick. You just won this week's edition. Oh. How many, what? Drew, Gary? How on earth? All that money. <laughs> It's just, he, you know, he just seemed like the type of guy. He's cost, man. I guess. Jeez. He's cost. That's a lot of money for an actor. He probably just owns something. I don't know. He probably has his own, like, resort that Flips he owns. Houses. I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Flips houses for a living. Um, let's see. Yeah, he opened a store in 2004. Um. Oh other no! Ventures. I'm yeah, other he, ventures, country yeah. music, baseball, business interests, philanthropy, NASCAR. Music? I'm just looking at Wikipedia. He is the singer of Kevin Costner in the Modern West, a country rock band. Oh. Several of Costner's films include a baseball theme. Uh. uh apparently, he invested a lot in the city of Deadwood, Nick. <laughs> really. Yeah, uh, he opened an attraction in Takanka, the story of the bison, on Route oh. 85, one mile south of Deadwood. I think we saw signs for that. Cool. Yeah, when I think we went so. to Deadwood. Oh, was, was that like, why the Dances with Wolves signs are out there? Yeah. Do you it was think? like Dances with Wolves was shot here. Neat. That's uh, right. He also invested in the Midnight Star Casino in Deadwood. Yeah. He just struck me as the type of guy who just was good with money. Uh, lot, yeah, real estate. Yep, of course. He's into real estate. And he wrote a graphic novel. He did? He what? co-authored The Explorer's Guild, A Passage to Shambhala. <laughs> I think I said this to you guys when we did the Oscar live stream, but we need to, as a nation, recapture our love of Kevin Costner. I mean, okay, we we really need to. It's important. Like, I honestly think he should host the Oscars next year. And I'm not even making that up. I don't want to watch the Oscars next year, Nico. Yeah, but if Costner hosted it and just did like 30 minutes on the big sleep. Yeah, at the big sleep. You know, we just fucking. Is <laughs> <laughs> that not the best? I'd love to tell you about my movie Waterworld. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> I'll send you guys the clip. Actually, we'll watch it off air of, of Costner at the Field of Dreams game. It, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's, I think I actually saw this. I think wow. I dude, do it's remember this. It's so fucking good, dude. Well, good it's, for him. Yeah. He's got a lot of the American spirits still left in him. Definitely. Nico's favorite thing in the world. Love it. Love America. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with a, uh, a dry movie for a change. <laughs> oh, God. But it's been wet month, guys. It's been a, a, extra wet spending it with you guys. Love it. It's been a delight. I've been drenched. I'm going to go get a towel. <laughs> Time to dry up. <laughs> Finally. I think I have an infection or something. Jesus. I'm wet for 30 days. Ch- chafe down there. <laughs> My skin is so pruney. <laughs> I have webbed feet after this, guys. My wife wouldn't let me sleep in the same bed. <laughs> I'm sleeping in the bathtub. <laughs> Uh, Until next time, you've been so very, very moist. Mm, Moist. Moist. (laughs) 